When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. From Learfield on the Texas A&M Sports Network, welcome to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach T, live from Moody's Country Store and Barbecue on Harvey Road in College Station. Brought to you by Moody's Country Store and Barbecue. Visit Moody's.com to find real Texas barbecue near you. Now, the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Texas A&M head coach G. Guerrero. I'm David Ellis. We're glad you joined us tonight. If you're out and about driving around, you know, it's getting close to dinner time, and uh, Rudy's Barbecue can fix you right up. So come on out, get some great Rudy's Barbecue, sit down and talk soccer with uh, with the head man at Texas A&M with the uh, fourth-ranked fighting Texas Aggie soccer team. And, uh, gee, it was a heck of a weekend. It was. It was a real good weekend. Uh, all, of it, all of it started out even you know, as well as you could expect with uh, a win on Friday night in front of another big crowd over at Ellis Field. And has uh, now set us up for uh, a, a pretty exciting run to the, uh, to the finish to see uh, who's going to win the SEC championship. And the Aggies came in taking on Mississippi State, uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, this is not your, you know, 
Mississippi State has been, during our time in the conference, been one of those teams that's been kind of in the bottom half of the standings. But this Always, year, yeah. they have really got it going on. And they came in ranked in the top ten in RPI, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the country. And uh, they, they came yeah, in they with were, a heck of a team. They were number nine. They were number nine on, uh, on Friday night when we played them. Uh, they've, they've stepped back just a, just a tad bit. I mean, they're still, you know, they only fell to number 10 in the country in the, uh, in the RPI. But they, uh, they basically, when, when we played them last year, if you remember at the end of the season, they were on a hot streak. They, they got hot late and didn't quite make it into the NCAA tournament. They were probably the 65th team. And uh, they even tried to pull a couple shenanigans and played a, a late game against San Jose State to get them one more win because they had uh, a game rained out from a hurricane. Anyway... They were the last team out. They were close to make it to making it to the SEC tournament. Uh, all they needed was a draw on their last game of the season. They were playing at home. They were playing against Texas A&M. Uh, took a one nothing lead in that game, and uh, our girls came roaring back and beat them two to one and ended their season. And uh, so we knew that they were going to come in with uh, with a little bit of extra venom for uh, for the game this past Friday night, and they did. They're, they've like I said, they're having a great season, top 10 in, uh, in the national rankings, which is really ironic because right now they're number 10 in the national rankings, but they're 11th in the SEC standings. Um, it just goes to show how well they did before the season, the SEC portion of the season started and now how difficult it is once you get into this. Yeah, league. exactly. It speaks to how tough the conference is. Uh, and that first half, it was 0-0. Zero, zero, uh, I mean, we had a lot of shot. I don't know what I don't know what the what, you got the stats there. What was the shot count? Fifteen to five. Yes, in the first half. In we, the first half, unfortunately, most of our shots were were from beyond where we should have been shooting from. We needed right. to complete one one or two more passes to get ourselves into a, a higher percentage shoot, uh, scoring range. But nonetheless, it was one way traffic in the first half, and they did a pretty good job after halftime of kind of saying they were going to turn up the heat a little bit on us, but. By coming out and playing against us, you know, they were laying back big time in the first half. By stepping out and playing us, it also exposed them and exposed spaces that we could take advantage of, and our girls did. Well, and Allie Watt got the uh, scoring started in the 60th minute with her 12th goal of the season, and it was just a beautiful ball in from Addie McCain yep. uh, to Allie Watt, and then she split two defenders and just uh, did what Allie Watt does. That's right, and uh, good finish. Uh, you know, basically shot it through the goal, right? Well, through the goalkeeper, right, kind of between her arm and her uh, and and her, her side, got underneath her and, and went in. And then uh, the the winning goal, oh, we showed the the team again that today. And you know, it was a it was part of a 13 pass sequence that touched almost every every single A&M player on the field, and then finished off with a, a really nice ball. Uh, back across across the goal by by Allie and uh, and a, a, a nice finish by uh, uh, Austin's Holdis daughter to uh, that put us up to nothing, and really we were kind of cruising from that point. I thought that everything was was pretty pretty secure, uh, but Mississippi State didn't didn't quit. They didn't they never say die and made it interesting. We gave up a goal in uh, with about a minute and a second left in the game. Right. Uh, just to make it a little a little crazier for the last last 61 seconds. So I have to ask you uh, about that goal and and just to describe it to people. It was a throw in. They have uh, Mississippi State has a 
has a player that does a flip throw. And so she can throw the ball in from great distance and dumped it inside the six, puts it in, in the goal. And then there's just this scrum in fr front of the goal. Uh, Cosette Morche, our goalkeeper, goes down. They sat on her. Uh, sat, they sat on her, which is what I wanted to ask you about. Typically, if you sit on a goalkeeper and prevent her from getting up, I would have expected that in a lot of places to be called a foul. Well, it would have been called against us, but we're usually winning, and uh, so that they that makes the game more even if you if they if they do that. I just I bring that up just to get you wound up. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> but you know what? It, it was one of those deals where um, it, it really it goes to show that you know you you go to a game and two you have two teams playing, and in this case they both were maroon and white, uh, but neither team had the same game plan going in right one team from texas uh a&m was going to try to play for 90 minutes and attack for 90 minutes and the other team was going to try to let the air out of the ball as long as possible because the less that they had to play against us the less the chance that, that we would kill them and uh and so the stalling and the and the bs and all the all the stuff that was going on i was really proud of the, of the players for you know not letting them get not, not letting it get to them and on how these guys were, were just kind of, you know, mucking around. And even the goal, the, the final goal, came because one of their players faked an injury right. and stopped the clock. Right. And then that allowed them to go to, to set up and, and get the, uh, the last goal. So good for our players to not fall for it. But it, it was a, it's a good lesson for us in management of a game because we, we should have shut that. We should have won that game by a shutout. And it's a good... It, in the in the future, we will win that game by a shutout. I had a, we had a question, as a matter of fact, which reminds me to tell you that on each one of the tables are these cards here. If you've got a question for Coach G, or we're getting to have in the next segment, we're going to have two of our players up here. We've got uh, Reagan Smith and Jordan Burbank. They'll be so they'll be up here. So if you have a question for them, write it down and 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 bring it up here. Uh, but we already had a question, and that had to do with. Uh, can you explain what happened when when Mississippi State got two yellows on a play uh, and we got a free kick in the penalty box? You remember that that goes to that delay call when their goalkeeper kept delaying and delaying. And finally, after multiple warnings, right, uh, the referee issued a card. Right. For basically for stalling. But it, it didn't stop it. I mean, it just gave that one kid a, a, a card and, it, you know, he could have he could have been handing out. But. I'm not going to talk about the officials, but it could have it could have been a lot worse, and that's really what it was. And there was another there's another situation that um, happened in the second half where uh, you know Emily Bates got got knocked down, and there was a kind of a an argument of sorts between. Uh, and it looked like it was more an argument between the Mississippi State players and the referee, right. with our girls just kind of standing around and watching, and uh, they had a couple more cards in that one. So. I don't know how many cards they end up. You got the box score. How many cards they end up? Uh, let's game? see. I think they ended up with. They ended up with two, two, and two then, cards, and then and then very late, Austin's oldest daughter got a card. Yeah, because Austin's like looked at somebody. It wasn't right. stalling. Wasn't doing anything, and they gave right. they gave her one again. That's where. I have, have a hard time of justice. So speaking of Allie Watt and uh, Austin's oldest daughter, uh, Allie Watt was the uh, SEC. Uh, offensive player of the week very well deserved leads leads the conference in, in goals exactly and uh 
Austin's oldest daughter was the SEC Freshman of the Week. And that's the, sec- that's the second time for uh, Austin. It might be the second or third time for Allie to be on, on the team. Um, Allie's been on the, uh, the, the top drawer soccer national team of the week a few times. And speaking of that, that honor, uh, Addie McCain was was put on that team last week. Right. That, that comes out on Wednesday. It's the day after the show. Yep. So we wanted to be sure and recognize uh, Addie McCain for uh, being on the top drawer soccer national team. Well, of the and, week, and so. you know, and she had she had the assist on the first goal on, on Friday night. She's really she's really, really playing well. I had a, a nice text message from uh, Bryn Blalock, who's one of our former All-Americans and uh, Hall of Famer here at Texas A&M. And she was talking in the in the message. She was just a, you know just kind of a random thought on how much I really enjoy watching uh, Addie McCain play. She's one of my favorite players I, that has ever come through the program, which is really neat. That is from, a very high compliment coming from Bryn and the fact that Addie is only a sophomore and we have uh, a lot more time with uh, Addie McCain and she only gets better and better and better. Absolutely. So just to go over a couple of scores that are important from last week. Uh, we played obviously on uh, on Friday night, and uh, well, the, the games were all spread out. Yeah, we had two on it, Thursday it was, night. It's a, it was a single game week, and so to maximize television, um, there were certain games on Thursday that were on the uh, on the SEC network. Right. There were a couple games on Friday, big games on Friday. There was no games on Saturday because it's it's the SEC, and you're not going to play other than football on, on Saturday. And, uh, and then on Sunday, there, were, there was another doubleheader on television with the SEC Network and also on ESPNU. So some big, big uh, exposure for the league. But sure. go ahead and go over, over the Yeah, scores. LSU was, uh, beat Ole Miss uh, in Baton Rouge 3-1. to one, And then Arkansas was all over uh, Kentucky by the score of 4 to nothing. Those two games were on Thursday night. And then on Friday, three games, but the only goals that were scored are right here in College Station. Tennessee and Georgia played to a 0-0 tie in Athens. And South Carolina and Vanderbilt played to a 0-0 tie in Nashville. And then, as we've been talking, Texas A&M was over Mississippi State by the score of 2-1. And then on Sunday, Auburn uh, traveled to Columbia, Missouri, and uh, won 1-0. And then Alabama and Florida. We'll be talking about Alabama here in just a little bit, but uh, who's our, they're our next opponent? That's right. right. Gators went to Tuscaloosa, and that was a zero-zero tie. So, uh, and that was uh, we we wa- I watched almost all those games. You know, the game that was in Nashville was was uh, an important match because you had uh, coming into that game uh, that was those teams were in first and second place going into it. You've got Vanderbilt who's on this amazing run. Uh, and were undefeated and untied in the league at, at uh, 6-0, and I think, at, at going into that game. And uh, South Carolina, who has been on a, a bit of a hot streak lately, they've really have kind of hit their stride. Now, we need, we need Vanderbilt to, to at least lose and tie a game. There's only four games left going into this past weekend. So the, the tie happened on, on that particular game. That also brought both of those teams they, in effect, both teams lost two points because neither team got the three for a win. So now the standings in the uh, in the league, it, it's it's all kind of come closer together. You've got Vanderbilt, who has 19 points. You've got South Carolina and Texas A&M are tied for second place with 16 points each. Uh, you've got Arkansas at in fourth place with 15. Tennessee is next at 13 points in fifth place. And then importantly... Uh, there's three teams tied for sixth place, and that whoever comes in sixth is a uh, 
is a really important place because when the SEC tournament starts in two weeks or two and a half weeks, the top six teams get a bye through the first through the first round. You don't have to play on that Sunday. You get a chance to rest a little bit, and then you'll play someone who played on that on that Sunday on one of those playing games between teams seven, eight, nine, and ten. Right. So uh, there's still a lot to play for. It's a really tight race. Um, you know, Vanderbilt has got three games to go. Uh, we we need them to lose to somebody. They've got to go. Do they go to Auburn this week? Is that who they play? I'm pretty sure that they play at Auburn this week, and they've got some other. I this. have Reagan that information right here. Yep. Yes, so, they do. So they're at Auburn, 7:30 on uh, on Thursday night, and then the following game will be um, against Kentucky at home. Kentucky's really struggling; they've lost eight in a row. And then they finish up uh, against uh, Ole Miss in Oxford, and that's a that could that should be a a, a tough game. Uh, unfortunately for Ole Miss, the, the team that uh, tied us because their goalkeeper played absolutely out of her mind and made you know, the second highest number of sh- uh, saves she'd ever made in her, in her career. She did her ACL about a week and a half ago. So they're without their top goalkeeper. They've right. got a freshman goalkeeper who looked look very scared in the game that they lost to uh, LSU this past week. So a real break for uh, for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt also didn't have to play against Bunny Shaw with Tennessee, who was uh, was playing with the Jamaican national team. So they didn't have to play her, and they were able to, to get a win against uh, Tennessee. And they don't have to play us. And they don't have to play us. And they did have to play uh, Florida, who's having their worst season in 20 years. So there's been a lot of breaks going for their way. So uh, we're, uh, we're, we're rooting for uh, War Eagle this, uh, this Thursday night down, in, uh, down in, on the uh, Plains. And if, if they could beat them, and, it's, and that's a hard place to play in Auburn, um, then that makes the rest of the the rest of the season really really interesting. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, I want to remind you the Aggie Soccer Hour is brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Visit their new location at 2511 Earl Rudder Freeway in College Station to start your season right. Academy Sports and Outdoors for all for less. All right, we got the whole hee-haw gang up here. Uh, back at the uh, station, as a matter of fact, Harley Colby is keeping uh, Flet- uh, Tyler Fletcher here uh, in line. Uh, it, Tyler's our, uh, our on-site engineer. Harley is running the board back there at, uh, at uh, the zone. And like I say, Harley's kind of keeping Tyler in line, which somebody needs to do. And then they're both trying to keep uh, G and I uh, in line, which is just about an impossible task. But fortunately, to save the day, we have two outstanding A&M soccer players joining us up here. And to my immediate left is freshman goalkeeper Jordan Burbank. And if you don't know Jordan yet, you're going to. Uh, and Jordan is from Edmond, Oklahoma, which, as I was, we were talking earlier, home of one of the great golf courses in the United States in uh, Oak Tree Country Club there in uh, Edmond. Side of the U.S. Open a couple of different times, as a matter of fact. And then to her immediate left is uh, sophomore forward from Carrollton, Texas, Reagan Smith. So would you please welcome both of them here? 
Glad y'all could make it out. We know it is, uh, you know, first of all, the weather is not exactly the best out there, but you guys, uh, and I know you guys had a late practice today, trying to get some practice in after, after the rain finally stopped, and uh, we appreciate you taking time to, to come out here. And uh, which brings up a question we had. So we'll go to, go to you first, Jordan. And what is the worst weather you ever played soccer in? Oh, geez. Okay. Probably the worst weather I've ever played in was in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And we were down there for National League. And out of nowhere, it was already cold. And then just started snowing and sleeting. And my gloves started to freeze. It was absolutely terrible. And as a goalkeeper, you don't get to run around and stay warm. No. You're just kind of, you're not stationary, but you don't get to run around like the rest of the players do. Nope. So it's had, even worse. Yeah, I had to do a bunch of like jumping jacks just trying to stay warm as funny as it sounds well, but. And ironically that's where the uh, final four is this year is uh, the college cup is in uh, Cary North Carolina so there's always a big uh, there's, there's always a big um, youth tournament that goes along with uh, with the college cup that, that'll be played uh, in conjunction in conjunction with our games when we're there for the final four and uh, I think not long ago, it, it, they've, they've hosted it several times, but it has snowed in that event as well. Oh, I remember. In, in the youth event. So, I uh, remember. Yeah, so it's something to look forward to. Jordan, yeah. Jordan then will have already been there, so it'll be easy for her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and plus, it's, you know, I mean, Edmond, Oklahoma is just south of the Canadian border anyway, and so, oh. so it... Uh, I know. What, what about you, Reagan? What's, what's, the, uh, what's the, the worst weather? The worst weather that I've played in would have to be the Georgia game last year during oh. the hurricanes. Oh, yeah. Could not see anything on the field. Just kept on wiping my face, and it was just it was awful. That was an absolute downpour. And to make it worse, out of a possible 110 minutes that we could play, going we in the second overtime period, about maybe three minutes left or mm -hmm. something like that, Yeah. Grace Piper scored for A&M to give us the win, but only after we had suffered about 107 minutes, I think. And that was Hurricane Nate that we were playing in the middle of for, for that one. Hurricane Nate had hit the Gulf Coast. Right. And then just continued up rumbling up through Alabama and, uh, and was going through Athens, ironically, as, as the Aggies and the, uh, the Bulldogs were playing. So. And, and uh, we had actually that game got stopped once. A, a couple that times, I remember yeah. Of, yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, Anyway, so, um, again, you haven't seen a lot of uh, Jordan yet, although I watched you play in the spring, and uh, that had to be a great experience for you. I mean, you, you step right off a of high school campus, and the next thing you know, you kind of made your decision late, right, about coming to A&M to begin with? I did, yes. And then, and then you step off of, a, off of a high school campus in the fall, enroll here, right, in January. Mm -hmm. You're in a college environment, and the next thing you know, you're playing college soccer, right? Yes. Well, it was the craziest thing. Well, why, why don't you talk a little bit? Uh, so Jordan, like you said, it was, it was a late choice for Jordan. She had committed to a, a different university. It wasn't Oklahoma, and it wasn't Oklahoma State, and it wasn't Tulsa in, in her state. But you had, had been a – you had early had thought you were going to go to the University of Utah and then had second thoughts. So why don't you – let, let folks know exactly how, how tight the clock was for you to not just make your choice, but then to decide you're going to graduate high school early and then to get here. Yeah, so uh, originally I committed to University of Utah at the end of freshman, early sophomore year. And then I went all the way until senior year, went on my official visit, 
then decided to change things up. Uh, made the decision to come to A&M at the end of November. And then I, for Utah, there's no graduating early. So you just go through the whole school year and then you start school normally in August. So then when I decided to come to A&M, I had to decide, do I want to come to school early and start in January or do I want to continue on like I was going to do with Utah? And I decided, you know what, I want, I'm going to show I'm committed. I want this. I'm going to show up early in January. And so I had about a two-month span to finish my whole second semester of high school. And I had to take, on top of that, I was already taking two college classes, three more high school classes, and then plus the additional courses. And I passed it all, ended up uh, getting... Mm, 3.5, yeah, good pretty good, good high grades. GPA, and then ended up calling Coach G, committed that day in December, and showed up about three weeks later. Yep, and uh, and the re as they say, the rest is history. So, uh, <laughs> and like and like you're saying, Dave, there's a chance to uh, one of the things that's nice about the about the 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 fact that these so many of our players come in early is that they get to play in our spring season, and these are games that. That, you know they don't count they don't count in our win loss records kind of like fall ball right now with baseball uh with with college baseball but it's it's incredible um experience for uh for these guys and so uh jordan jordan actually in our competitions that the, we have with amongst the goalkeepers throughout the spring was at the top of the ladder for that she did a great job and everything and she did a great job in, in all the games so like we said uh cosette has uh Cosette has, has been playing just lights out right now for, uh, for Texas A&M in goal. And so the fact that, that Jordan hasn't been in yet isn't anything that says Jordan isn't ready to come in. It's just Cosette is playing as at the top of, at the, top of uh, the country right now for, as a goalkeeper. So, Reagan, I have a question for you. Actually, I have two questions. But, but the first one is, so, by the way, I, I, I want to preface this by saying that, that we have a new podcast that comes out called Off the Pitch. And every Wednesday, uh, 12thman.com rolls out a new podcast. And last week, Reagan Smith was on, if I'm not mistaken, or was it the week before? I think it was the week before. The week before. So anyway, I found out some things I didn't know about Reagan. We... We talk on off the pitch. It's kind of as the name might imply, off the field things that go on. We don't. We try not to talk too much soccer there. We talk about other things that are going on in folks' life. And one of the things I did not know this, but your family was on Family Feud. Is that right? That's At true. Celebrity Family Feud. Mm -hmm. I was not aware of that. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so how did you guys do? Well, if you have not seen the episode, you can check it out on Hulu. It's on there. But we yeah, won. Yeah, like I, like I know how to do that. But yeah. go ahead. We won. We played against um, Todd Gurley, which is a running back in the NFL So just right to now. let everybody know, you, you're, the reason you were there, it was, a, it was a celebrity family feud. And, of course, your dad is? A celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> and he would be Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Okay, so that's the reason you were there, and so how one of, well, one of the reasons. One of the reasons, besides your obvious talent, mm -hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. What can I say? And so, did you did you get asked any kind of questions? 
Ooh, yes. Some very um, awkward and uncomfortable questions. Yes, and we don't want to go into those because you told me one of them, and we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Never again. Yeah. But... Uh, but you guys ended up winning. We did. And you and you're and you're good friends with the host, mm-hmm. you, uh, Steve. You call him by his first name, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So you gonna, you think you'll get to come back again? Maybe. You know, if there's like an all-star round or something, that'd be pretty cool. We might Tur- be back. Tournament of champions. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Tournament of champions as, as, type right. as the team that wins. So I have to. So today we did uh, recorded a podcast uh, with. Uh, Allie Watt. And so it occurred to me, I was wondering, I didn't ask Allie this. I was going to save this for you because I was thinking you were on tonight. So actually, if you guys had a race, uh, let's say 40 yards, who's going to win that race? Allie. Allie's going to win it. I was wondering. I was trying to give you an opportunity to talk a little trash here, but no. you're not. You're not going to even do it. No, right? I will give credit where it's due. <laughs> Allie will beat me. <laughs> okay. All right. I was just going to give you a chance, and I was going to try to stir something up here, but you're not going to even take the bait at all. Huh? No. Okay. All right. I got one other question for. You. How has your game changed? Do you think this year, as your sophomore year, how has your game changed from last year to this year? Where do you think you've made the biggest improvement? Um, I think I've been made the biggest improvement. Um, just like keeping possession and like keeping the ball with my team and just being able to lay the ball off and instead of just turning all the time and running, just like doing different things and changing my game up a little bit. So as a result, I've been getting more minutes and um, yeah, just still working on my game in practice, after practice and whenever I can. Well, and that's one of the big differences, but when you come in, so Reagan played with the, the Dallas Texans, which was one of, the, one of the top youth teams in the country coming forward. But, you know, she was kind of the exclamation point at the end of at the end of their buildup. And there really wasn't even that much buildup with the way your team played. They got the ball to you as fast as they could and they expected you just to turn and beat as many people as you could going on the goal, which is a nice skill to have. But it's not it's not the end all when you get to the college level and, and the kind of athletes that you play against here. So it's been it's been really, really neat to see. I mean, it's not just been a, a little steady improvement. It's been some some great you know really steep uh you know curve going going forward for reagan same thing with uh with jordan as as jordan comes in you know we've seen a big big uh uptick in her ability uh in goal so why don't you talk what what do you think is the what have you improved on the most do you think oh i definitely think i've improved on uh my crosses, that's for sure. Because coming in, it is such a different, going from club and high school into college, how uh, goalkeepers handle crosses and how they're more involved with the team on that aspect is a very big step up. And so learning to know when to come out for the ball, when to stay back, when I get the ball, what to do with it, that's definitely something G and even Cozy and Olivia have definitely helped me improve upon. Well, you know, and it's so different from you when you're playing, when kids are coming up playing club ball, you're mostly playing within an age group, you know, where everybody is kind of at the same age. There's different skill levels, but physically everybody is at the same age. Maybe you play up a year. And so you're playing with people who are one year uh, older than you are. But here as a freshman, when you step onto a college campus, some of those players out there are four and five years older than you are with four or five years more experience 
than you have. Yes. And I mean, it's a huge jump, it would, it, I would think. Just coming out of high school, bang, into a college campus and a major Division I program, and there you are. Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, and the skill level and the speed and all that's just, seems like it's so much different. It is different, and that's what like also helps us improve so like fast is that we are put in this environment that the our teammates are have been here and have the experience and know what they're doing and we're just thrown right in the middle of it and it's kind of a you know like we throw a kid in the pool you gotta learn to swim and so we're just thrown in there and we gotta figure it out well you're figuring it out for sure that's what i that's what i hear i want to say thanks to both of you for taking time to come by this evening. Like I say, I know it is not easy, and we appreciate it. Would you please uh, say thanks to Jordan Burbank and Reagan Smith. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back right after this. Barbecue on Harvey Road. It is the Aggie Soccer Hour with Texas A&M head coach G. Guerrero. Still got plenty of time to come on by Rudy's. You know, soccer and barbecue lovers know that the perfect brisket needs the right wood, and Rudy smokes all their meats using their delicious signature rubs in 100% oak-fired pitch. You can get your real Texas barbecue fixed today at Rudy's Barbecue or on the web at rudys.com. All righty. Uh, G, this is a we got a big weekend coming up. First game, of course, is on Thursday night against Alabama. We'll talk about that in the, in the last segment. But... Uh, there's a lot of good things going on because the Aggies take on Tennessee, a huge match, Tennessee, 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon here at Ellis Field. And, uh, but you've got some special festivities going on this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, first off, like you said, that's going to be a tough game. They are, they're currently um, just a little bit behind us. They've, uh, we've got 16 points. They've got 13 points in the, uh, in the standing. So they're, they're only one win behind us. And we've had, we've had a lot of trouble with Tennessee over the years. But what's going on with this particular game is this, is, uh, this weekend we are celebrating uh, former players from what we – are just referring to as the early years. And the early years uh, are the years that soccer was being played here before it was a full varsity sport. Um, and that those are the years before I got here. So I got here, I only just got here 26 years ago. And so prior to that, prior to 1993, was when um, you know there had been players who were here that were playing for what was called you know a club team or varsity two team. Um, and they were competing in an intercollegiate level. It just wasn't at the, you know, at a scholarship level, and they weren't competing in a conference. We were in the Southwest Conference in those days. So it was. Uh, so what was happening was these players who were on the A&M club team starting in 1980 would oftentimes go and compete. And actually, in the very first, we talked about this when we played right. Colorado College. In the very first. Uh, it wasn't even NCAA at that time. It was just a women's college uh, championship. There were eight teams that went, uh, and I think it was basically whoever could get there went. And Texas A&M was, was one of those teams. And, and finished fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Cortland State won, won the championship right. that year out of, out of upstate New York. Cortland State beat North Carolina. Yeah, in the championship. That right. won't happen again, I don't think. But no. um, So... From those days on, uh, you know, the, the team was never, was, was never taken in as a full varsity team, but we still 
had those players and the rosters were turned in and the, and Texas A&M utilized those those girls as female athletes at Texas A&M. So in effect, you know, kind of, you know, the university used those girls to make sure that they stayed out of Title IX trouble, which had only just started in 1979. Um, but those players never lettered. They never received a Letterman's Award, and they weren't allowed to be full members of the uh, Texas A&M Letter Letterman's Association. Um, but we're going to change that. We're going to uh, we're going to go back and, and write what I think was a wrong. And uh, this Saturday, we'll have about I, I know that at least 45 of the girls um, have uh, have RSVP that they'll be coming back, and we'll be doing a. Uh, a ceremony with them. They'll be getting their letter, their Letterman's awards um, on that on that particular afternoon, and then following that, uh, there's a big dinner that is uh, Aggie Soccer Club, our booster club run by the Twelfth Man Foundation. Um, we'll be doing a uh, a big dinner with the current team uh, members of the Aggie Soccer Club, as well as uh, as these players from the early years. So it'll be a a, a really cool thing. I I, talk, I say there's 45 of these girls coming back. I mean. Some of these girls are almost 60 years old now, but it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's careful, a, G. I think careful. it's a cool, I know, I'm, I know, but I think it's a, I think it's a pretty cool, a pretty cool deal. And in my discussions with, of this with some of these, some of the women, you know, they're like, I'm so excited because I've been telling my daughter or I've been telling my, my, my son or I've been telling, telling my husband that I played for Texas A&M. But they didn't. You guys didn't have any records of it in the past. So, right. Uh, so I'm I'm excited just because I get to walk a little taller around my house and and show that I really was a uh, a collegiate athlete in uh, when I was at Texas A&M, which I think is fantastic because yeah. there are a lot of these girls who were all Americans. Uh, Bettina Bernardi was an all American. Tina Luft was an all American. Uh, Carol Smith was an all American in those days, and a couple of those girls, uh, Luft and uh, Bernardi. Uh, weren't going to get any scholarship money here at Texas A&M. North Carolina took them. They went on scholarship at, at North Carolina and won national championships for them. Uh, right. So we have we do have Aggie soccer players who have won national championships. They just unfortunately were uh, were farmed out to another school to to do it. So I'm excited that they're going to be there. And then we're going to at halftime on Sunday, uh, they'll be presented to the uh, to the audience there at Ellis Field, and it's going to be a neat weekend. Well, I, I you know I think it will, and I, and and uh, kudos. To you guys for for doing this because these are these were athletes who basically sort of labored in obscurity here at Texas A and M and then like well, you say if they hadn't if they hadn't and if they hadn't had the success that they did and I remember talking to John David Crow um, after you know he made the he's the one that said okay we're going to add another women's sport and clearly it's going to be soccer because we're already good at soccer we've got players here um, you know seven the first year when I came in in ninety three. I I, got, I didn't start until May 1st, so school was already out, or it was finals at that point. So we had to do a full round of tryouts uh, during preseason. I lost a couple of days of training just to figure out who was going to be on the team. And seven of the girls from the 92 uh, club or varsity two team did make that team. Uh, Rennie Reby was our captain that first year. Rennie has gone on to be, you know, an illustrious high school coach here in the UIL over in Austin now. Um, but John David said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, we had a lot of success with that team. He goes, but I got more complaints and more letters uh, written about that girl's soccer team than I got about our football team at the time. And basically it was just because everyone wanted them to be a full varsity team. And 
right. you know, when was it going to happen? And you guys have to hap make it happen. And, and all the, the, the flood of letters pre-internet that were coming in on that. So good for him. It took, it took a larger-than-life personality at Texas A&M like John David Crow to uh, make that happen. And it did. And, uh, and since here we then, are. And here we are. And since that time, uh, it's been a quarter century of uh, success on the soccer pitch, but built on a lot of the effort that, uh, that these women uh, put in from 1983 to 1992. And so they will finally, finally be recognized for all that they achieved here at Texas A&M, and that's, that's a cool thing. Uh, all right, we're going to take uh, one final break here, and then we will come back and wrap it up and talk about Alabama and Tennessee right after this. You're listening to the Aggie Soccer Hour on The Zone 102.7 FM. Back here at Rudy's Barbecue on Harvey Road. Our flash to the finish. Got a really, Harley's really picking the music tonight. You know what, Tyler? She's doing a good job with that. Hey, can I do a real quick uh, uh, one plug for uh, our charity golf tournament? You so, are the head coach. You can so, pretty much do uh, anything I'll just say you basically want to do. Give, give a website. If you go to CoachGGolf.com, CoachGGolf.com, you can learn all about it. It's on December 10th. And it's to uh, make it easier for kids here in Brazos Valley to be able to play competitive soccer. So CoachGGolf.com, and uh, learn all about our charity golf tournament. I have got my team together, by the way. Ringers? Unfortunately, no. Oh, good. No. And I was... The rest of the field will be happy about that. <laughs> unless I can get my son. Unless I can talk him into coming up here. So if Bo can good. come That's, up here. I'm, I'm glad that you're going to be able to play. That's Absolutely. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we had one question. That was what uh, aspect of this team's game could be worked on that could really push them to that next truly elite level. I'm going to take that question because G doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to talk about the things that they are working on right now. But I will. And I will first of all start off by saying, "Come on now, we're third in the country in RPI. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not too, it's not going too too poorly right now as it is. Uh, no, I, I you know." As you know, if you're, that's, and that's the thing that gets me about soccer. That, that one of the things that I love about it is that the the line between winning and, and losing and drawing a match is so incredibly fine. Well, and, and you, it you, really, really is. And it's that what, last pass. It's that last touch. It's those, you know. Right, and you can look at what this team has that makes this team special and, and truly makes us one of the teams, one of very few teams that could win the national championship this year. We have, we have a legitimate game-breaker up front in Ali Watt. You have smart players playing all around our team. You look at, at Addie McCain and her creativity, Austis and what she brings to the team, uh, Jimena Lopez and what she, what she does, uh, Grace Piper and how she kind of keeps things together. And then you've got, uh, you know, em Emily, uh, Emily Bates, who's a creative force, and we have our most athletic uh, back line that we've ever had. So this is a team that could be th that team. You right. Know, it's, but it, it, you have to be that team all the time because we get everybody's best game all the time. That's, you know, you're exactly right. And I think that's an important point is, is that, that, and I know that's something that you guys, the coaching staff, have really emphasized with the team is maintaining that level for 90 minutes. Right. Well, starting starting strong, right? And this will be a test for us. Remember our last two away games, um, you know, it was a, or actually 
two of our last three away games, it was a challenge for us to get it going. And the one that the, the last game against um, uh, Kentucky, you know, we scored two goals really early in the first 10 minutes. And so that was a great start. But that was an afternoon game. This will be a night game in right. Tuscaloosa. So it's important that we uh, that we, we go through our day on Thursday so that when when kickoff comes that right. we are firing on all cylinders last time we were in tuscaloosa you know we were we were short four starters in that particular game right down the spine of our team and uh and and we lost we lost uh, right. two, two to one in overtime so uh we remember that and uh want to uh make sure that we get the right result this time yeah i wasn't making a lot of your question i i, I just i think the interesting thing is is that uh again it's it's maintaining that level of excellence for that full 90 minutes uh and i'll say this i've i've, I've told folks we haven't played a team that's that's a better soccer team than us yet no and we're 14 one and one and we've got one loss and one tie because in two instances we didn't quite play up to where we need to be and uh correct two yeah. two road games now the right. game the game on uh, on thursday will be obviously a big challenge because uh alabama even though they they are not they have not been successful in winning games. They've dominated play in almost every one of their games. Right. They just have, have not been able to put that ball away. So we will hope that uh, that continues on and that we can go in there and, uh, and, and, and do our thing. They've got a couple special players, um, you know, Welsh, who plays out on the left side, who's very, very tricky, very, very good 1v1, does a, a great job of getting it. And then they've got Abby Boswell up front, who does a great job uh, as far as is is the number two scorer in the league after after Alley. So, um, and then we get to come home on Sunday against Tennessee, like we were talking about earlier. But there are some promotions for the game on Sunday. You want to go through those real quick? Sure, absolutely. If you're a first responder out there, you get two free tickets. Uh, that's for fire, police, EMT personnel. Get them uh, in advance and on game day. And additional tickets are just three dollars each for you. So great advantage. Two, if you're like I say, uh, two free tickets if you're a first responder. And you can buy additional tickets for three bucks each. As always on a Sunday game, it's take a kid to the game. You can purchase one adult ticket and bring up to four kids for free. And that's just game day only. They're not available uh, in advance. Got a volleyball doubleheader, so you purchase a ticket for the volleyball match, and you bring it to the soccer match, and you get in free. Same parking lot. Same parking lot. Absolutely. You don't even have to move your car. And the first 50 fans at the match are going to receive a free gray Adidas shirt. So, And we've got the kids zone going out there. And then, as G mentioned, the Letterman's Association recognition for the pre-1993 soccer teams, those early years here that did so much to help build soccer. Also, Texas there's A&M. going to be a, a pregame tailgate with uh, all of the, uh, the head coaches from uh, Texas a or at least the ones who are in town. Uh, oh, that's Joe cool. Evans put out a uh, thing today, and that'll, that'll be happening uh, between the volleyball and uh, and soccer games as well, so a chance to see uh, some of the other uh, other coaches uh, from the other sports out supporting out supporting volleyball and supporting soccer. And so Thursday night from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, six o'clock pregame show starts at five forty-five right here on the Zone one hundred two point seven FM. Uh, Kirk Magnuson and I will have a call on that one, and then four o'clock Sunday afternoon against Tennessee, two huge matches. And come on out Sunday. There's a lot of things going on in this team. Goodness gracious, it's our last regular season game, and they deserve your support. And all right, that's going to do it for us. For G. Guerrero, I'm David Ellis. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Dave.